Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Primal Goods Company. Primal Goods Company is what I use to find high-end supplement companies that only use quality ingredients. They don't cut corners in producing their products, uh, and they supply nutritional packs to help you cover all of your health and nutrition needs. Uh, they're an incredible company. That's why I've been using them now for six to eight months. Uh, you can try them out as well. To take 10% off your next order, go to primalgoodsco.com, enter the code LIFEREADY at checkout, and receive 10% off your order. Give them a try today. Uh, we're also brought to you by Life Ready Foods. For the longest time, we couldn't find super clean supplements that wouldn't wreck our gut. Uh, so we worked with the team to develop our own supplement line. Uh, we produce high-end supplements that have a fully transparent ingredient list and are meant to help supplement your nutrition and your training needs. Uh, go check them out today. Give them a try. Head to lifereadyfoods.com and enter lifeready at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. That's lifereadyfoods.com. Enter lifeready at checkout. My guest on the show today is Dr. John Mike. Uh, Dr. Mike has been a professor for the last four years. Uh, he got his master's at Western Kentucky University in exercise science. He was a strength coach at U of L, has written for every major fitness and bodybuilding consumer magazine out there, uh, speaks at the NSCA and is an author and a speaker in everything regarding exercise science, strength and conditioning. Uh, we had an awesome chat today, covered how to get strong and his experience competing in strongman, uh, why he uses high intensity steady state cardio, uh, why it's important to be open to all different training modalities and why it's stupid to put down other training methods uh, from the get-go. Uh, we also chatted about diet, how to keep it simple without overcomplicating the foods you put on your plate. Uh, I had a ton of fun with him today on the show, and it was a pleasure to have him on. So please welcome Dr. John Mike. Now, here is a man who will show you how to feel better, look better, and feel good. Follow your gut, do what you love to do. Yeah, how did you, I mean, what's your background? Like, how did you get started, um, you know, with this company and, and all that stuff? Yeah, so I was, uh, I, grew, I, I played sports growing up, a uh, lot of land sports, was terrible at all of them, <laughs> found, uh, figured out that I wasn't very agile on my feet, uh, but found water, like, really early. Um, and then after that, I uh, found water polo really early in, like, fifth grade, uh, okay. met Dr. Bagley, uh, just Jimmy at the time in eighth grade. Uh, I think it was the first week I knew him, and he was like, I'm going to be called doctor one day. <laughs> like, that sounds <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> like, he knew that as a, he knew that young. Uh, but yeah, so we, we both went down to, to Cuesta College to play water polo. Uh, did that for a few years, both found anatomy and physiology, um, and then both got into Cal Poly, him earlier than I did for uh, Canise. Cool. Um, yeah, so it was good. I did a... Uh, few internships at uh, a couple of PT places, realized that uh, I liked exercise fizz a little bit more than PT. Um, mm -hmm. So just kind of been personal training since that time. Uh, and then for the company, for Life Ready, um, always had like gut issues and stuff like that. But, you know, supplements are nice. They're convenient. They're no magic pill, but right. um, it's just nice to be able to have something for convenience. Um, and I couldn't find anything at GNC. I couldn't find anything that just didn't have garbage in it um, yeah most supplements are just most supplements are garbage like i mean your product is actually really good and doesn't have a lot of like just stupid crap in it thanks man. Um, it tastes it tastes a little weird at first because i wasn't used to like the cocoa taste you yeah. know yeah 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, yours is good. Um, like a lot of diamondized, some of the diamondized products are pretty good. Um, I know the CEO of uh, First Form Supplement Company in oh, St. Yeah. Louis. Um, so they got really, they got really great products. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't shop at GNC and, um, you know, I'm pretty picky about types of, you know, protein that I take and, you know, supplement wise. So, um, yeah, yours is, yours is definitely a good product. I will definitely say that. Thank uh, you, man. Yeah. It was, uh, trying to find something that didn't have dairy, dairy kind of messed with my stomach, then finding, uh, manufacturers that didn't want to add tons of cutting ingredients and, chemical emulsifiers and binding agents and all this kind of stuff took a long time oh Um, yeah several years (laughs) yeah most of them wanted you know i was like hey i'd I'd love to get about two pounds of this protein powder and like great we'll put like a pound of that in there and then we'll put a pound of other stuff to like add the make the difference like no 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 just just the powder you know i know i know i mean yeah i mean it's um it's just it's good i mean it's good i like it i mean it's it's uh it's one of the very few ones I've had or come across that does not have a lot of ingredients in it, but actually still tastes really good. Thanks, man. Yeah, and yeah. we're I, stevia was the easiest thing to get a hold of to give it a little bit of sweetness. Um, but I tend to find that many people, especially if they're not used to stevia or stevia leaf, uh, it gets it's a little challenging for them that like bitter aftertaste. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking into a few other uh, plants that you know, just a, a plant sweetener, um, that might not have that kind of bitter note at the end. Um, like stevia seems to do, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good, man. I mean, so how long have you had this, this company and and been doing this product? Uh, company has been working on for the past like two years or so. Um, that first flagship product thrive protein, uh, maybe here just in the last six months. Um, okay. and then doing, you know, training, nutrition, uh, consulting and stuff like that. Uh, online for for people for a while now too. Um, nice. Yeah. What's your wife do? She works for a tech company in Palo Alto. Complete opposite. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey. <laughs> it's super expensive to live up there. I've been there. Like, I've been to Google. Um, oh so, nice. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Are you speaking? Uh, you go and speak at, at corporate gigs or? Um, so I well, the last two times I was there in the Google area. I mean, it was in Mountain View. It was at a it was at a private gym. Um, it was probably about literally like 10 minutes from Google, but I've, I've been, I've driven around on the campus. I haven't been inside the facilities, um, because I just didn't have time at the time. I didn't have time to do a tour. Um, so, but it was, it was really cool. I mean, all the, I mean, there's so much like big money, you know, up there with the tech companies. I mean, uh, but it's just, it's all, it's like $3,500 a month for like 400 square feet. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, so now, um, I mean, I, I've been a professor for the last, four years. Um, I went to undergrad and master's at uh, Western Kentucky University in Bowling Green, Kentucky in exercise science. Um, I was a strength and conditioning coach there for two years of my senior and graduate year. And then I was a strength coach at UofL uh, for about a year with a lot of uh, women's sports um, there. And then um, I got a full scholarship to University of New Mexico in Albuquerque to start working on my PhD. I actually started on my PhD when I was 25. Okay. Um, and then um, when I was off scholarship, I actually um, came back to because I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky, um, and I, I went back um, because I was off scholarship. I didn't have any more, you know, tuition money coming in, so I wanted to kind of do data collection, you know, elsewhere, right up in IRB, and um, you know, do it kind of out of state, so to speak. Um, you know, and then several months later, it just wasn't really working. I wasn't really getting anywhere. 
I was actually substitute teaching for about a year just to, you know, get some extra cash. Um, and then I decided to, to go back and, and finish. And that took another about two and a half years. So um, and then been done for it was three years um, this past uh, about two weeks ago, May 6th. Um, so it's been three years and I was assistant professor at Lindenwood University in St. Louis. Um, you know, taught undergraduate and graduate level courses and did some studies and worked with a lot of graduate students and stuff. And then I've been here at Southern Miss and then, um, you know, written a lot of book chapters of written for, contributed to, you know, every major fitness and bodybuilding consumer magazine out there. There's a few that I haven't done. Um, and then, you know, I've done six book chapters. I got a seventh one coming out later this summer, early fall. Um, I've spoken at, you know, over three dozen, you know, events, NSCA, and then um, some other organizations over the last several years. Um, and then this year, you know, my main goal is, is to try to, is to do more online things and get into more of the, the entrepreneurial end. You know, I, I don't own a company. I mean, I'll have to end up getting an LCC um, and then or, or LLC rather. Um, and then so because I want to I want to start doing a little bit more private, you know, seminars where, you know, you charge, you know, a, a fair amount and, 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 and get people. So, um, you know, it's nothing really different than what other my other colleagues have been doing, you know, for a long time. So um, it just takes a long time to kind of, you know, build. And, um, and I've always been doing the social media thing. I mean, you know, in different platforms, as you know, they're, 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 they're different. I mean, you're not going to post everything from Instagram that you do on Facebook and or and Twitter, you know, different audiences, you know, different platforms, different information, different content and context. Um, so, you know, my, my bread and butter really is blending the science with the practical application, okay. you know, being a coach and then having like the science background, um, you know, I mean, obviously for my teaching, I, mean, I use PowerPoint, but I don't really necessarily like, rely on it. Um, so I'm very hands on and very engaging, you know, with students. Um, you know, I, I'm a practitioner and I and there there are only really a handful of individuals out there that are doctorate level, you know, trained, but they're actually practitioners mm. at heart and, ha and have the foundational um, practical application, you know, experience. Um, so, you know, guys like myself, um, you know, Jimmy, especially like, you know, my buddy, Andy Galpin, um, and a handful of others, you know, we're kind of like hybrids, you know, in a sense. So we know the science, you know, we like to do research and collaborate, but, you know, we also have competitive, you know, athletic backgrounds. I was a multi-sport athlete, um, with, uh, baseball and I swam, I played tennis, I did some martial arts when I was young, um, and then I played, uh, about a year ball in college. I didn't get to play much, but then I had to focus more on academic stuff. And then, um, about several years later, I got into strongman. So I've actually competed in a sport of strongman eight times. Um, I haven't competed in five or six years, but I still do the events from time to time. And when I, when I feel like it, um, I, I like to compete again, but, um, you know, because of time and, um, you know, I don't, I have to be about 30 pounds heavier, you know, than what I am now. Damn, I don't really, feel like, you know, I don't really feel like being really heavy right now. I like yeah. staying, um, but I thought about my next move. I want to try either some Kung Fu stuff or some jujitsu. So, yeah, um, I just, I just recently got into some jujitsu cause that seems like what, you know, what everybody's talking about right now. And yeah. it is a humbling experience. Oh, uh, I know. It is, yeah. You could have – I had 30, 40 pounds on a lot of these these uh, guys and gals, and they they just wait for you to get tired. They know yeah. that you're strong. They know your hands are strong. They know your grip strength strong. They also know that that's good for about 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, th I think I would be pretty decent at it from like a strength and power perspective, mm -hmm. but not the technical perspective at no. first. Yeah. No. It's, and it's just like – and, and you know – 
it's the, I hear a lot of people say like whether it's kung fu or jujitsu or whatever, the, your ability to have to stay like kind of relaxed. Yeah. During, during the fights and the technical aspect is, is something that's kind of hard to do because you, you don't naturally gravitate toward that just because of natural biology. You know what I mean? And even just like lifting the train, like you're not you're never in like in a relaxed you know type of state. Uh, but I mean, I want to I want to throw people around. I want to I want to hip toss. I want to yeah. you know that stuff. If I'm not if I'm not doing strongman right now and I don't want to be thirty pounds heavier, then I'll at least try to do something else. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting competing in Olympic weightlifting. Uh, done a few bodybuilding shows, stuff like that. In weightlifting, you know there's a barbell there, and you know you have to calm your breath down when you're on that stage in front of a ton of people. And but you know the barbell's not. I mean, it could, it could put you on your ass, but it's not going to fight back. It's you know it's not going to change its shape or direction. And in BJJ, the exact opposite of that. So it's really hard to bring adrenaline, heart rate, breath down, especially when there's a guy sitting behind me about to put me in a chokehold, and he's just like smiling, talking. You know, <laughs> he's like just relaxed, completely relaxed, and I'm trying not to go redline panic mode, right? And bring everything down. It's a incredible feeling completely different yeah 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 um so i, I kind of want to try some of it um i mean i've always really liked a lot of the you know the martial arts stuff yeah. um, i'm not, not looking to like you know really compete in it but i just mm -hmm. want to learn it from a technical and you know defense perspective and um you know i like to, i kind of i like to be dangerous yeah. um you know so um but uh, yeah it, it's cool stuff I, mean, I, I like a lot of different things i like trying different stuff you know i i i I cook, you know, I trade, I'm very self-sufficient. So, um, but yeah, it's good to, it's good to meet and kind of be around, you know, like-minded people. And I definitely like to travel too. I mean, I've, I've traveled, um, probably once or twice a month every year for almost the last year and a half. Nice. Uh, so some of them are, you know, speaking at conferences, some of them are going, some of them are just for, you know, it's a gallivant, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but it's, it's, it's been good. I'm, I'm ready, definitely ready to go to the next step here. Cool. Well, what classes have you competed in? In strongman over the last few years, do you, do you try and uh, pick a weight class or? So first four or five or so, I did middleweight, and then the okay. last ones were, were heavyweight. Um, but I, at the time, um, I was only like in the I was in the I competed in the heavyweight, but I was like on the lower end. So I was like, you know, in the two sixty five to two seventy class. Um, I mean, I've competed with guys that were three hundred or lower over three hundred, you know, and um, I mean, I, I beat them. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, the weights are just like so much heavier, you know, now, um, especially like really high end, you know, competitions. I mean, there's like different levels and stuff, but um, I, I, I like to compete again. But, um, you know, it's just I got to be heavier, you know, just for the weight, just for the leverage purposes, you know. So it means like more food and more money on food, you know, more time for conditioning and um, you know, I, I tend to put on weight really quick. Okay. Um, it takes a little bit longer to kind of, you know, get leaner. I mean, um, I, I was thinking about posting like a before and after, you know, picture, like a two and a half to three year difference on my Instagram sometime in the, in the, in the near future. I, I never post those types of pictures. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean about two and a half, let's see, 2018, uh, in 2016 and early 2017, 2016, I mean, I was 300, you know, 305. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I've leaned down. I mean, I'm, I've eaten more salads and, you know, and veggies. I mean, I, I really, it's funny because people talk about, you know, all these different, different types of, you know, nutritional interventions and diets and methodologies. And, and yeah, I mean, they all work because they all have one thing in common and that's a caloric deficit. Yep. Um, 
So, I mean, I really didn't do anything that's like this earth shattering stuff. I mean, I, I was, I was never, I never ate a lot of like, you know, fast food and fried foods and stuff. I've never been, being a big person on eating a bunch of sweets. Um, I just lower the carb intake, you know, gradually over time, kept the protein high and, and up the fat and, um, you know, and I've, I've changed my training a little bit. I've done a little bit more different types of conditioning, you know, different stuff with the prowlers and I just did some boxing the other day and that kicked my ass. Um, so, um, you know, plus it's just like, you know, lifestyle and just stress and stuff. It's just a combination of all things, but, um, I mean, I feel good. I mean, I'm not the strongest, you know, that I've been, but, um, I deadlifted 560 about three weeks ago, um, double overhand grip. So oh, grip, dang. Okay. Yeah, you weren't really good. My best is 660 deadlift. Okay. Um, so, but uh, I was definitely a lot heavier then. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still, you know, still training good. But, um, you know, right now it's just like there's so many other things, you know, going on. So, um, you know, some of those, uh, certain ports in your life and certain ports, certain points in your life and, and certain points of, you know, training, you know, things just kind of have to have a give a little bit of give and take, you know, um, you know, sometimes it's just like about just trying to stay in shape for a certain period of time. And, and other times it's like, you're just trying to get, you know, stronger or just be a little bit faster or whatever it is. And, you know, so, I mean, I've had, I've, I usually do my own training programs. Um, you know, sometimes I've had other people, you know, do it for me. Um, so just kind of time of the year and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I got to go to the gym later today cause I haven't been since Wednesday and I've been doing all kinds of other stuff and just been kind of tired and, um, you know, cause it's like, I do, I do high intensity steady state cardio as well. Okay. Uh, but lately, like during my resistance training stuff, it's like three fourths of the way through the program. I just feel like gassed. So that's why I had to do this other boxing conditioning stuff. Um, and do that. God, that, that kicked my ass. Uh, you know, and it's just like, it's, it's a very, like, it's a kind of a novelty type of training for, for most people. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, but it's, it's, it's good. I mean, I think as, as I've gotten older, you know, and, and I'm sure you agree, like you just, you're, you should be, you should be open to trying different types of training, different types of methodology or, you know, conditioning and stuff. Um, you know, so I've always been open-minded to a lot of different types of training modalities. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I, speaking on that, I just, I've, you know, I've always, uh, you know, I found barbells and, and, uh, CrossFit and even strongman type stuff. And I've always, you know, oh, this is the only way to do it. And even just recently the other day, my wife finally talked me into doing a, like an Orange Theory fitness class. I'll give them that, man. I mean, they made me run and it kicked my ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, I mean, it's something I always kind of made fun of. But then looking back and just trying to be open to new experiences, I mean, I definitely see the draw. You know, they tell you what to do for 45 minutes and you come out of there and you're, you're worked. It may, it may not be as much strength stuff as I'd, I'd probably like to bias for a lot of people, but it was an interesting experience and it, it crushed me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I mean, they have a decent, you know, business model, but, um, it's, it's basically kind of like a CrossFit, although it's just a little bit more like structured and organized. Yep. A little uh, bit less barbell work and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 yeah I, went on a, I went on a, <laughs> that's funny. I went on a gym tour yesterday and this other gym here in town, you know, and I just, I always just go, I just try to just roll with things, yeah. you know? Um, well, the guy asked me if I ever heard of CrossFit and if I ever heard of a bod pod, you know, <laughs> I mean, I just, I just try to, you know, just try to roll with it. And, you know, I mean, I, what can you do? But it's just, uh, it's, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if people are trying to help, then, you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt as long as it's not, you know, but I would implore you to maybe look at, uh, 
I remember you posted something on Instagram a little while back. It was like people don't buy products and services, buy stories, magic, yeah, that was, relations, uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I would implore you to uh, like. So I've all I've posted a before and after type picture, whether it's gaining weight or coming down, and those are some of the craziest amount of like comments and likes and how do you do and all this kind of stuff because it it is a it's like a story in a picture. Uh, Correct. You know, with a little bit of magic because it's unknown. There's a, a mis- middle part that's missing, and yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I would implore you to maybe yeah check that out because it's it's gotten probably me the most. You know, people asking about hey, how do you do this and and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, like and it's, after. it's yeah. I've I've thought about it and and I think I will. It's just kind of um, you know the the timing of things. You know, um, yeah. but but. I was telling a couple other, um, you know, some of the other coaches came over. I was I was talking to the other day, and um, I was at a. Uh, uh, I've gone to like so many different types of you know seminars, and and it's funny how for the most part, um, when you have like really strong like world record you know individuals, whether they're powerlifters or strongman people or whatever it is, or you know maybe not necessarily just crossfit, but just strength sports as a whole, um, or even just like various types of diets. Uh, it could be for movie roles or whatever it is, but um, just on the context of training programs, most people think that when you come across like world class strength athletes, like they their training programs are just like from outer space. Yeah, you know these new complex things that no one's ever heard of, and I'm just like it's just linear periodization or you know undulating or nonlinear stuff or maybe some mixing like conjugate, and it's just like that's that's what they're really doing but to the normal individual like they may have never heard of any of that stuff or don't know a whole lot about it so of course it's like you know amazing you know to them and you know the best thing since you know wheat bread and stuff like that so um it's really it's a lot more simpler than what people make it out to be i mean you don't always need you know the best training programs are not always the most like complex um you know it's what people can like adhere to um, and, and, and keep compliance with and be consistent with, um, you know, it's the same thing for nutritional programs and, and, and methodologies. It's well, you know, intermittent fasting or, you know, keto or paleo, it's the one that you can stick to. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, I can never be on a keto diet. I mean, for the stuff that I do, yeah, I, I just can't, I mean, I've loaded my carb intake, you know, but I still have carbs like in the morning and kind of up around training. And, and then sometimes depending on, um, if I had, some pre-training i may have some after but i'm not you know gorging you know like i used to be and um i mean just up the proteins and up the fats and add more salads and veggies but i but that i did that like over like a year and a half to two years worth of time yeah. you know so and, and most of most of the leanness has actually come over the last year or so okay. um so it's like this groundbreaking stuff that you know, people like to talk about and, you know, oh, by the way, you know, buy, buy my ebook for nine ninety nine, that type of thing. <laughs> I see that all the time. Or it's usually one one forty seven, or, you know what I mean? 97. There's always a, those like specific things. Yeah. And it's the same. It's whatever somebody can stick to. Uh, one of my main questions is like when I have a, uh, a, a nutrition intake form, like how do you currently like to eat? You know, are you, uh, do you feel better on higher carbohydrates? Do you feel better with a little bit more fat? Like, what are you currently doing that makes you feel good? Great. We're just going to stick to that and tweak it a little bit. Yeah. You know, I don't have some magic solution. If you're trying to lose weight, we're going to put you in a slight caloric deficit over a period of time, you know, making sure your hormones and stuff are, are okay to begin with. If you want to gain weight, probably put you in a slight caloric deficit over, or slight caloric uh, uh, increase over time. You know, I mean, it's, 
the more complicated you get that past that and then train hard when you're going to train yeah. and make sure you're recovering, you know, a big That's thing. It's yeah. like, it's, it's a lot of people end up going leaning towards one too much of one side or the other. Like they'll do all the nutrition stuff, but yes, that's great. You need to be in a caloric deficit, but like you need to actually like train hard, yep. you know, as I mean, going in there for 45 minutes and doing like some leg extensions and some lat pull downs and, you know, a little bit of low intensity, like cardio, like it's just, it's not going to cut it. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I'm not saying you have to be in there for like four or five hours. Like, of course not. You're not a competitor. Um, you know, but like, you know, hard hour to hour and a half of just like, you know, constant work, you know, coupled with the nutrition and stuff. It's just, it just goes back to just like putting in the work. Like I'm a big fan of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, yeah. um, you know, and it's just, he's always just like, you know, just putting in the work, you know, no matter what you're really doing. And, um, you know, and, and it really, it just comes down, you know, to that. And a lot of it is, you know, planning and stuff too, but, you know, all the little nuances, um, you know, that's, that's up to the own individual, you know, how, how specific, you know, do they really want to be is, is really up to them. Um, most of the general population, you know, for, for clients and stuff, um, and, and athletes is, is similar, but it's not always the same. For most general population people, I mean, they're, they're using fitness and nutrition and, and all that and workouts to increase happiness and, but, and to extend happiness in other areas of their life. Like they're not going to love it, you know, how you love it um, and create like a big massive lifestyle that, you know, that you have. And that's, and that's, that's always a challenge, you know, for, you know, for individuals. Um, so it's about customization and, 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 um, you know, individualization, um, you know, programming um, and, and, you know, design or whatever it is and, and not just doing things just based off, you know, memorization. Yeah. And that's going to be specific to the individual too. There's some people that can give like a five, three, one program and the, they'll stick to that and love it. They don't need novel. They're like, this is, yep, I'm good for 10 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's others. Like I get, I get bored easily. Actually, I love watching your Instagram videos. Um, Thanks. you seem like you do like a lot of novel stuff. So I'm like, Oh man, I'm going to do that this week. You know what I mean? What are, yeah. uh, what's some of your favorite like, novel exercises right now? So I've, I've always been into like, um, you know, what I call like non-traditional string training techniques and applications. Mm -hmm. um, there's another colleague that I follow. Um, I won't mention his name, um, but it's just like very, a lot of it is very far out, like in left field, mm. uh, you know, non-traditional things. I and mean, some of it I think has some good um, application towards, but you know, when you're doing non-traditional things, if, if the setup take, if the setup alone takes you 25 to 30 minutes, um, you know, or even, or even longer then the odds are then it, the, the transferability to the real life types of training or real life types of exercise or whatever typically goes down. And, yeah. that, and you know, that, that's just my, that's just my opinion. I mean, there's no really science to, to back that up. I mean, obviously you could talk about, you know, specificity and stuff like that, but, um, I've always been into like non-traditional things, um, because, um, part of me as a personality is I'm, I'm just a non-traditional, you know, performer you know, and, and professor. So I don't like doing the things that everybody else, you know, has done. I mean, if, if a thousand people are doing the same thing, why do you want to be 1001? Yeah. Um, so, you know, and a lot of it is just based off, you know, my experience, you know, with competing and with lifting and, um, and, and just being a practitioner in, in, in my own right. Um, you know, and I, and I picked up ideas, you know, from, from other people and I'll kind of tweak them. I mean, everybody does. Um, so, but, um, I don't try to go like, you know, gung ho with, you know, posting some like crazy crap, you know, fad, you know, video or something just to try to, you know, get people to like, you know, my stuff. But I mean, all the stuff that I do, you know, has a purpose. 
um, you know, is based in scientific principles. And, and, and I've had these conversations with good buddies of mine, like Nick Tamanillo and, you know, um, you know, pr- methods are many, you know, but principles are few. You, know, you mm-hmm. can base your training program and even nutrition stuff on principles um, as opposed to just methodologies. Then, you know, when, when people ask you questions about it, then you're then you're likely to be able to give like a solid foundational, you know, science answer as opposed to just making up a bunch of like, you know, anecdotes or just, you know, opinion based types of things. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, you know, thanks for the comment. I got some, you know, I like, I like posting cool things, you know, on Instagram and I like being diverse, you know, some people's stuff is just all about the training. Um, but I like doing a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of everything. Um, you know, so, um, but yeah. Nice, man. What are some of the common myths you tend to, to have people, you know, ask you or, or kind of get with training or, or what they think, you know, I, I'm guessing they might think that, um, you change stuff up every day or something like that, you know, is there? No, I mean, lately here, probably like the last, you know, month or, or so, it's just kind of been like some, you know, just straight, you know, bodybuilding, you know, types of things with some splashes of, uh, you know, eccentric stuff or some isometric work, um, some different, you know, conditioning types of things, um, you know, tsunami barbells and tsunami squats, like I posted, you know, last week and, you know, just those, you know, those types of things. I mean, I do it because I like trying different things and, and I'm also out to kind of really, you know, um, inform and educate other individuals, you know, whether online or other trainers or coaches and, um, you know, and always trying to back it with some type of, you know, science or, you know, logic that comes with it and, and not just spew a bunch of, um, you know, silly BS. But the tsunami barbells, I like those a lot. They're, they're really diverse. They're good for different things. Um, band bell or, um, the bamboo bar as people mm. call it, people call it the earthquake bar. Um, so it doesn't, you can't actually load plates on it. Like you use it for, a um, either change or, you know, band work, um, you know, oscillating, you know, types of things, um, to enhance, you know, small muscle group, you know, stabilization. Um, you know, um, so those, I'm a big fan of like specialty bars, you know, safety squat bar, uh, Swiss bar, neutral grip bar, like I said, tsunami bar, um, you know, earthquake bar, band bell, bamboo bar, whatever, however you want to call it. Um, I've also been really, um, liking a lot of landmine things mm-hmm. in the last year or so. Um, something that's really, really diverse um, and very, very versatile. I mean, you can do it with lower body. You can do things with upper body, you know, double arm, single arm types of things. Um, you know, one of the things about landmines that you don't really get from other, you know, types of exercises is that it's, it's very easily to work in different planes of motion, particularly with infernal plane or transverse plane, mo- plane, transverse plane movements. Um, so I'm really big in the landmines. Um, you know, and even take like a, you know, like a single arm dumbbell press, but instead of standing or seated, which most people do, you know, do a half kneeling version, you know, single arm. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, that's just way better and way harder. Uh, you know, you can get some different, you know, core activation. So you also have stabilization in the, you know, frontal plane. Um, it's a sagittal plane mover, but it's also stabilization in the frontal plane too. Um, so those types of things, um, you know, prowler exercises, um, you know, I'm a big fan of like doing, um, cause my, my dissertation, my research background is eccentric training. Okay. Um, so doing a lot of eccentric work, particularly like with arms, um, is, is really, is really awesome. Um, you want like really good, like arm pumps and carry over strength and hypertrophy, you know, do, do some eccentric stuff with, you know, with, with arm work and even like with cab work as well. Interesting. But you can, but you can throw it in with, you know, like rear foot elevated split squats, you know, for example, the last you know, four or five reps, do it, you know, a three, four second eccentric, um, you know, uh, component, um, and then hold it at the bottom for two or three seconds. I mean, like it's, it, it's a lot more challenging than what people think. Yeah. Um, 
don't always need like tons and tons of weight, you know, to really do it um, as well. Um, so, um, you know, I do I do a lot of variations of like overhead pressing. Um, so I've spoken on a lot of events on seminars about overhead pressing, you know, box squatting, you know, deadlifting. Um, you know, so the next one I'm, I'm going to do is like I've done non-traditional stuff. I did a private seminar at uh, Cal State Fullerton, you know, back in March. Um, and then I did a couple of them at, uh, at Arizona State, you know, University uh, in, in Phoenix. So, um, you know, but but I, I trained the conjugate system. Okay. Pretty hot and heavy the last several years. Uh, I'm not as consistent with it right now as I have been before, um, just because you know, sometimes you just like work all day, you just got to get to the gym, and it's just, you know, your, your, your energy state in a sense is just like, not really feeling it, you know, that particular time. Like I had, I had chains, um, and the gym that I go to has chains too, but, um, you know, I'll have to carry on chains like in my bag. And it's just like, you know, anywhere from 40 to 80 pounds, you got to carry in your bag. I mean, it's just like, I mean, I wouldn't carry it, you know, everywhere I go, I leave it in one spot, but get them. But it's just, sometimes it's just kind of an inconvenience. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, they got bands set up and, um, I'm a big fan of belt squats as well. You know, so belt squat is something that most gyms don't have a belt squat. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. they have Pit shark, uh, but my buddy Matt Winnie, you know, he makes a custom made belt squat that actually is um, very, very almost identical and very comparable to um, a, a exact loading um, on a regular barbell. So if you load up 200 pounds or 300 pounds on a belt squat, you know, then it's equivalent to squatting two or 300 with a regular barbell. So the transferability of it is very, very close, okay. um, very. And very very accurate. Um, so I'm a big fan of the belt squat because you can load more frequently um, without the additional axle compressive loads, you know, on on the spine. Um, so you can get a little bit more frequency, get a little bit more volume um, without the actual, you know, axle compressive, you know, force loads. And is that like a? It's like a, a almost like a machine that you're standing on two platforms. You have a belt around your back, and then the weights exactly. through your center. Yep. yep, yep. That's exactly how it is. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, and it's like. Pitch Shark makes one. Um, Powerlift company makes one. Um, my buddy Matt Winnie and Winning String, he makes one. Um, and there's some other ones that are kind of custom made um, in, in, in some gyms, you know. So, but they all basically do the same thing. The only difference is how it's actually loaded, the leverage points, um, and how it actually loads like biomechanically, and then the transferability of it to actual free bar, you know, squatted. Okay. So those those are some of the things you have to kind of take in consideration whenever you use one of those types of apparatuses. Um, but overall, you know, you know, tremendous benefits and you can do different loading patterns and schemes. And, um, and I've, I've gone all the way up to, you know, eight or nine plates you know, and then do drop sets of like, you know, seven plates and then take one off and then six. And it's a really good way to get some added, you know, uh, volume and hypertrophy, you know, as well. I do a lot of glute work actually. Um, you know, I mean, you know, my buddy Brett Contreras obviously is, is, is known for that. Um, you know, but I think a lot of guys and males particularly just don't do nearly enough like pure glute work. Um, aside from like squatting and deadlifting, um, you know, I do a lot of hip thrusts, you know, with either the bands or on the Smith machine or with the regular barbell, if I can find like a hip thrust or 2.0, um, but I'll do different variations of glute stuff with bands and single leg stuff, um, you know, two, three times a week. Um, so I, I, I think it's important for guys to train a lot of legs in, di- in different manners. But Dr. Uh, Mike, man, I hit my chest and shoulders a few times this week, man. Why do I, why do I need to train glutes? You know? I know, like right? I, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's ancillary. I don't want to get on that that silly adductor machine and you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong. I mean, I've done those. There's nothing wrong with those. They're great. 
I mean, they're not the most, I would think they're not the most like effective, but sure. if you want to add in some extra volume and just get some reps, you know, it's like, why not? Like, um, I like doing reverse lunges with the safety squat bar, um, kind of like assisted. You can load it up, you know, you know, moderate to heavy loading and just do some assisted stuff. So, yeah, I mean, um, I rotate out different exercises, but I don't do something different like every single day. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll stick with two or three variations for a three or four week period um, and then and then change up some variations, you know, you know, after that. So um, I've always been a fan of like, you know, max effort and dynamic effort work, um, kind of really working the, the overall um, you know, full spectrum of the force velocity curve. Um, you know, and, and I have a, I have a, a kind of a, um, a foreshadowing a little bit. I have a post coming up. Um, in the next week or two about the four most underutilized and undervalued training methods. Um, and they are uh, not in any particular order, but uh, aerobic development, okay. um, isometrics, um, deceleration, and eccentrics. Um, and I, I, those are the what I call the four most undervalued, underutilized training methods. Um, and I might, be, I might do a series you know, on each one of those just to kind of provide a little bit of you know, video stuff for demonstration purposes and things of that nature and kind of example of what all those kind of, you know, um, entail. So, um, but it, it's good. I mean, I can talk about this stuff, you know, <laughs> forever. Yeah, this is the best, man. Well, I think that, yeah, a lot of maybe, especially in the strongman community, and I see it a lot in weightlifters. Uh, I've been a part of the Food Barbell, Diane Foods club team for a long time at, out of San Francisco CrossFit. We're kind of shoved in the corner there, but it's still our, you know, our fun crew. And it, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of a you know aerobic capacity, and increasing that aspect of training isn't always you know not a lot of weightlifters put tons of emphasis on that. But you know if you're doing a weightlifting workout for an hour, ninety minutes or so, and you start gassing out at forty, you know that that's a problem. It is a problem. You're absolutely right. It is a problem. I mean, and a lot of traditionally a lot of uh, strength athletes or powerlifters um, and even some, you know, bodybuilders, they just don't do enough, you know, conditioning, yeah. um, you know, and their rationale is, well, well, why do I need to? I, I mean, I'm just doing like some max effort work. Well, I mean, they don't, it's hard to explain. It's hard to really provide justification to people who are not, it's hard to like sell what's not sellable, you yeah. know, to them. Um, you know, but, and I just, I've come you know, just through being open-minded and, you know, knowing about how bioenergetics works. I mean, I, I have a freaking PhD. Like I, I know how these things operate. I mean, but you're right. Like if, if, if your toe training session, if you're in there for two hours, you're pretty much doing a total, a total of about 45 minutes worth of actual work. Yep. The rest of the time, you know, comes from recovery. Well, what energy system are you using during the recovery bouts? You're using mitochondrial respiration. Mm -hmm. You know, what energy systems are you using during the actual training and lifting itself using phosphogenic glycolysis well you know when you spend too much time on phosphogenic glycolysis mitochondrial respiration you know suffers you know because of it. so then you're unable to recover between the sets or even uh, in between you know training sessions if you're doing moderate to high reps um and you get gassed you know halfway in between you're not even halfway through your you know your workout well then you need to do additional you know conditioning aspect that actually focuses a little bit different on you know phosphogen and, and, and glycolysis so um you can kind of think of them as like you know currency in a sense like mitochondrial respiration is like you know your savings account you know type of thing 
you know, phosphagen and, and glycolysis of like, you know, your fast cash or, you know, put things on, on credit cards. Um, something that's quick, you know, easy, kind of, you know, dispensable. Um, but if you spend too much, you know, then, then, then you're going to, you know, run out. Um, and you don't want to dip into, you know, to savings, you know, all the time because then you're just going to be, you know, broke as fuck. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, a great way know. to look. That's a good analogy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you have to kind of like, you know, balance each. And I mean, like for me personally, if I don't do any high intensity steady state cardio, like every two to three weeks, like mm-hmm. I can tell mm-hmm. because I just can't cover enough from training session to training session. If I'm getting gassed, um, you know, three fourths, you know, of the time during the training session, three fourths in the training session, I feel kind of gassed. Well, that tells me like, I got to focus on different aspects of, you know, condition, whether it's boxing or ropes, you know, or different prowlers or different speeds, different intensities. Um, you know, so you, you have to you have to play with 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 all of them. Um, and I think people get too caught up in, well, I just want to do the stuff that's just specific to what I do. But the, the, the fact is, is that boxing, even though it's not really directly related to actual like lifting, the bioenergetic properties are directly related. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So you have to kind of constantly peel back, you know, the, the, the layers of the onion to, to get a little bit more insight. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's good to change that up a little bit. I remember one of the uh, training cycles we did at food barbell was like a week of 20 rep max stuff, a week of 10 rep max stuff, and then a week of five rep max stuff. We were all hating life. You know, we didn't, didn't realize why we were doing it. We deloaded. And then the week after the deload, almost, I was 85% of our lifters hit PRs, you know, cause it was just, mm-hmm. It was novel, weird. It made us breathe, uh, you know, and we all got stronger from it. And it, you know, know. it's a slight, slight different. I mean, it's still a barbell, still a back squat. It's not like we, you know, reinvented the wheel or did something crazy. The setup was the same. Get under the bar. We just changed that stimulus and then deloaded, you know, and it was, it was incredible. I mean, you know, just, just different. Yeah. I mean, even if you do like a, you know, barbell, barbell complexes, um, you know, with a front squat, you know, with a press, yeah. um, you know, with morning or with a reverse lunge or whatever it is. I mean, you're not doing 225. Like most of the time you're doing an empty barbell, maybe with 95 pounds. Uh, but the carryover to the actual other training sessions, I mean, that's then – then when you do your next training session, you feel like you just constantly go for like three or four hours straight. Um, so it, it's it's – you always have to be cognizant of trying different types of training methodologies even if you don't see like a direct – correlation Mm -hmm. um, but there always is a direct correlation it's just more of a you know being open-minded and trying different things but there's far too many people that that don't spend enough time on the on the conditioning aspect i mean i did three rounds of 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 boxing um with the heavy bag and then the soft bag you know the heavy bag first um you know one minute or until like total fatigue and then i went to the soft bag you know one minute straight or until fatigue and like it was three sets each like i was just I was breathing like I just, like I was totally out of shape, yeah. you know. But see you when I go to the gym here shortly. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, my buddy Patrick Osterling last month just got me into a boxing gym, and I mean I, I had trouble making it past like the jump rope warm up that they did, you know, just because yeah. it was like they would go until the bell rang and then I would stop and they're like bell doesn't mean stop. I'm like oh, <laughs> you know, it's just like keep going. By the time you get to the bag, I mean it's. You can do as much, you know, different cardio stuff as you want, but if you just try something different that you that you don't that I didn't think about, you know, I got crushed. It was great, and I felt yeah. good the next day because a lot of it was eccentric or uh, concentric. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't crushed for four days after, you know, like doing ten second deficit 
uh, temple squats or something like that. Right. You know, um, well, cool, man. How often should athletes train glutes, especially males if they're, uh, you know, if they're uh, not right now? shit, he could do it every day. Yeah. I mean, you could. Yeah. I mean, um, I like, I mean, I like three days a week. Okay. You know, you know how much time I want to spend doing it. I mean, it doesn't have to be three days a week of, you know, lower body stuff or three days just solely dedicated to, to glutes. But, um, I mean, even sometimes on my upper body days, I've, I'll finish with like, you know, banded hip thrust or something like that. But I typically hit more, more volume, um, on, on the lower body days, you know, for sure. Um, so, um, it, it's always a good idea. A lot of, a lot of women these days, I mean, you know, they love glutes. They love awesome glutes on guys. You know, yeah. you know they, they really do. You know, they may not say it, but, but they do. You know, it's a, a kind of a good fond appreciation for, for training lower body in a different manner than what you see most people do. Gotcha. And you guys just published an article about single leg glute bridges, right? What are some of the differences? Between so we had, um, I worked work with three grad students um, at my previous university, and we had three articles published in the Strength and Conditioning Journal. One was published last October. That was um, Snatch Balance. And the one in December was Overhead Pressing. And then the one last month in April was Single Leg Glute Bridge. And we just showed like some different variations of of a uh, single leg, you know, glute bridge, um, and, you know, hip thrust and talked about the science behind it and the application and the benefits and muscle groups, you know, used. And, um, it, it was a really big, it was a, it was a big hit. It was, it was pretty popular. Um, and I got some other, you know, plans to submit some other articles. Um, one of them is actually, um, the, um, I can, I remember what the title of it was now, but, uh, oh, yeah, it was like how to, and how to incorporate strongman like into your training sessions, oh, cool. train program. So it's not about, um, just the strongman events themselves. It's about, okay, providing an actual traditional strongman event, but then providing an alternative exercise for trainers and coaches to do when they don't really have access, you know, that type of equipment. So, um, you know, and about the, you know, some of the physiology stuff. And, um, so I, it's already written actually. Um, and it got submitted and I got the revisions back a long while back. Um, uh, but I, I'm going to have to probably re, you know, resubmit it. Um, you know, so plus, you know, I, I review for other journals, you know, as well. Um, but, um, I'm, one, I'm working on a, um, uh, just started. I've actually already started, but I haven't continued it. Um, a review article for uh, Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research. I want to. I want to do a review article on the clinical aspects and benefits of eccentric training, actually, okay. because it's never been done. It's never been talked about. Okay. Um, so um, that's that's something I really want to kind of move hot and heavy with over the next six months um, or so. So yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of cool things you know going on you know both from you know online things and my website you know should be up and launched um, by the mid to late June. Okay. Um, it always takes longer than what you think, <laughs> uh, you know, for just tweaks and revisions and stuff. And uh, so a lot of things you know really going on with the science on the practical aspect with online things with um, you know reviewing other articles and, and collaborating with different projects. I actually got an IRB approved. Um, here when I was at Southern Miss, I only have, you know, five subjects, um, just because they didn't really have any power output, you know, software. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, wherever, you know, where I go next, I can certainly, you know, continue that, um, aspect. So I, I like going back and forth. I think it's really important to, um, you know, do a little bit of everything, you know, but also like know who you are as a person to have self-awareness and know like what you're really good at. Um, and just, and just really kind of, you know, focus on work your strengths. 
That's awesome, man. And a lot of new stuff, you know, and uh, a lot of novel things. How do you, um, I guess, like working on the new businesses and, and posting Instagram and all that kind of stuff, how do you trust yourself and trust your decisions? You know, not that you're making the right ones. I don't know if there's any right or wrong decisions, but, you know, you wake up in the morning and have some coffee. How do you trust yourself, you know, every day? Um, self-awareness. Uh, you know, just knowing who I am as, as a person and always wanting to, you know, do good, do really good work. I mean, I'm not out to just gain a bunch of, you know, likes and just all this other stuff, but I'm always about providing just quality content and educating content and informing individuals about all the stuff that, that that's really out there that you can really do. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of really good quality, you know, mentors and I, you know, and I still do. Um, so I feel like nowadays a lot of, um, you know, coaches and trainers and, and even students really deserve to, to know about a lot of this, you know, information. And that's what they and that's what they want to come to you for. You know, they're not coming to you just to, you know, sit with you and, you know, have a drink like they want to, you know, they want to pick your brain. They want to know about more knowledge and how it could actually really help them. So you know, it's about helping, you know, other individuals, um, you know, even though you have your own personal and professional goals. And um, but it, it's a it's a, it's a lot of work. I mean, I, I have help. You know, I don't I don't do everything by myself. Um, and, and you're not supposed to, um, yeah. people at, you know, higher levels or whether they're websites or, you know, it doesn't really matter what it is. They could just be business people. Like they have help, you know, you just, you can't do everything by yourself. And, um, so to be able to really ask for help and, and, and work with a, you know, a, a group of individuals, um, you know, you know, means a lot. And, you know, so I, I, I do have help. Um, I have helped some, some with my social media stuff. Um, you know, I do a lot of the pictures and, you know, videos and, and a lot of the text. And, um, but I mean, I also, you know, some people, somebody asked me recently, like, well, do you just sit behind your computer and just like sit with your phone, like, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day? Like, like, do you even work? I'm like, yeah, like I have a fucking full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I have, I mean, I schedule things like, you know, two or three weeks in advance. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just, it's about efficiency, you know, right. And, you know, when people, you know, people use these platforms to, um, you know, create better, you know, brand awareness of who they are or, or their company, or even if you have, uh, um, you know, at a department or a university, you know, that is your product, like that is your brand. I mean, if, if, if you're not telling people what you're actually really doing on a, on, on a scalability, then nobody knows what you're really doing. Um, you know, so, um, and that, you know, and this, I mean, this is like the single most important thing in the world. Um, I mean, it really is. Um, and this is like, that's like the remote control of our lives. Um, you know, when people want to gain information, they're going to YouTube, they're going to Facebook, they're going to Instagram. I mean, most people are not going to PubMed, you know, to find some research articles. Yeah. I mean, I, because I, because I, I read, I read research articles and, you know, I'll post them, you know, to, you know, to Twitter or whatever it is, so I can stay current on what's really going on. So I can implement those into a lot of my, you know, classes and coursework. But, you know, most general people, they don't know what PubMed is. I mean, you know, so they're going to other, you know, social platforms um, and, and really social media is just kind of like a slang term for like the current state of the Internet, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So um, but, yeah, it's 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 challenging. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit there and, you know, lie and say, like, it's, you know, it's super easy. It, it's it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of planning. I mean, I go back and forth with, with different projects and network with people and, you know, emails and writing and, you know, review articles. And just it's just it's a lot, you know, Um but I mean, there's just some days I just I just can't do anything. I gotta go, you know, walk around or try to sit by the pool or you know take a drive. I mean, that's why I like traveling because even though it may be work related or not, like it gets me out of the environment, you know, um, you know. So 
Um, I'm not, uh, I just, I like to be diverse, you know, and I like, I like to be multidimensional. Yeah. That, that's a big one. I think there was a last year I started crashing hard and everything. I don't know exactly, you know, what was going on. I went and talked to a, a therapist lady and she's like, well, when's the last time you like didn't do something? What do you mean? Like, when's the last time you took a day and just did nothing? And I was like, well, 32 years ago when I was born, you know, like, I was like, what are you talking about? We're supposed to do that. And she's like, yeah, I think as like entrepreneurs and you know, people that may not always have somebody above us telling us what to do. We tend to just do everything, Yeah. you know, and that can be, uh, that can be a a little bit challenging and burnout is huge, you know? Yeah, it is. I mean, um, I mean, there's like, there's times to where like I'll work all day, I'll go train and sometimes I'll come back and do a little bit of, you know, stuff online and, you know, come nine 30 or 10 o'clock, I just, I can't do anything the rest of the night. Yeah. Uh, then some nights it's just like, you know, I'll work till, you know, 11, you know, 30 or midnight. And I mean, I just, I, I can go, I can stay up till like one or 2 AM and, and work and get some work done, but I'll sleep till like, you know, 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's like all of a sudden, like it's five o'clock and then I can't, I, I haven't done shit all day, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> uh, I mean, some, some people can just do that. They can, you know, work till, you know, stay up to one, 2 AM and just, you know, live off, you know, four or five hours of sleep. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can't, like I need a good, you know, seven hours. Yeah. And they may not be training too. I think that's another thing when you see a that's lot of guys, like, you know, you see a lot of the Gary V's and they're like, I sleep four hours a night. I'm like, that's awesome, man. But are you training? Are you training hard? You know, and I think prioritizing sleep, especially if you enjoy training, is, is more important than training. I mean, if you're not recovering, you know, what are you doing? You're just- yeah, I've always said, I've told, you know, people at seminars, a lot of my classes, like, it doesn't really matter what you can do. It matters what you can recover from. Yeah. Like, if you could train six or seven days a week and you're only in there for 35 to 40 minutes, well, of course, you can train six or seven days a week, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, it's just, it just, it just matters what you can really recover from. And, and that's a whole other conversation too. I mean, I was on a, uh, I did an Instagram live, um, like a week or so ago, um, with another buddy of mine, I'm on his dissertation committee and we we're talking about like, you know, recovery and training and in different recovery modalities and, you know, what the science has to say and kind of the, some of the newer stuff that, that, that is important to, to keep in mind for, because most people think like recovery is just like, you know, eating, staying hydrated, you know, sleeping or, you know, foam rolling or something like that. And I mean, that's fine. I mean, that's like the rudimentary parts, but there's so much more that goes along with, you know, recovery. Um, and those are just kind of like the four basic, you know, components. So, um, you know, we could certainly talk about that at another uh, elective date. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, yeah. And I know your time's, uh, you know, definitely important. I think we're, we're probably getting to the the end here. Uh, but any questions that I haven't asked you that, uh, um, your, you know, things you're currently working on right now or, uh, no, I mean, I got to my website. Um, Dr. J Mike is going to be launched um, sometime mid June to late June. Um, so that's something I've been working on for a little of the last like six to seven months. Okay. Um, and most, most of the work, um, uh, has been done over the last, you know, three or four months. Um, you know, so that, that, that aspect is still kind of fairly new to me. Um, you know, because like I just didn't come up the ranks, um, through academia kind of thinking like that, you know, so now I've really kind of thought, you know, above and beyond, you know, just, you know, teaching or just academia and you start to think more like a business person. Um, you know, and it's just, it's still, it's still relatively new. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but just like, you know, you just get better with it over time, you know, just, just like anything else. Um, so there's, there's a lot, there's a lot going on and, uh, you know, ready for the, for the next chapter. 
Awesome, man. Wait, before I let you go, where can people find you online? What so, you know, seminars, have, lectures do you have coming up? Uh, yeah. How's that all look? So I'll actually be um, attending the the NSCA, the National Strength and Issue Association National Conference. It's going to be in Indianapolis um, July 11th through the 14th. Okay. Um, looking to do some other private seminars um, late this summer, early in the fall. And uh, those will be on the website as well. And I'll be posting those, you know, to Instagram and, you know, Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can just say my full name. Uh, my Twitter is uh, jmike125. And then my Instagram is uh, Dr. J. Mike. So um, I, I go back and forth, you know, to all the different platforms, um, you know, post different types of content. So, uh, but it's good. I, I enjoy the social media uh, game quite a bit. I do as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Mike, for, for uh, coming on. I appreciate uh, all the novelness that you have on Instagram going on right now. And I'll definitely so keep much. following along to those exercises. Appreciate it. You too. Cool. Thank you, sir. Thank you, everyone, so much for checking out the podcast. Uh, thank you to the sponsors of the show, Primal Goods Company. Go to primalgoodsco.com. Enter Life Ready at checkout to receive 10% off your order. Also, thank you to Life Ready Foods. Uh, to check out our Thrive Protein Powder, uh, enter Life Ready Checkout. Save yourself 10% off the order. Head to primalgoodsco.com, lifereadyfoods.com. Enter Life Ready at checkout. All right, folks, that's it for today. Uh, on the next podcast, we have the one and only Dr. Bobby Maybe. Uh, Dr. Maybe was my chiropractor down in San Luis Obispo, uh, and he's the one I used to rehab my shoulder when I messed it up playing water polo. He's a man on a mission to help people accomplish their healthcare goals in a painless, compassionate, and efficient way. If you ever had an injury or you're going through an injury right now, you're definitely going to want to tune into this next episode. All right, that's it for today. Love you all. Bye.